Welcome to the Ag Future Podcast, presented by Alltech. Join us as we explore the future of farming, food, and nutrition. I'm here today with Dr. Tom Rathji. He is the Chief Technical Officer at DNA Genetics, the second largest provider of swine genetics in the North American market. Thank you for joining me today, Tom. Well, I'm very pleased to be here. It's been a very enjoyable couple of days. Wonderful, wonderful. So, Tom, we're going to discuss today some advancements in swine technology within the industry. DNA Genetics has led the way on uh, several different areas. Why don't you tell me a little bit about DNA Genetics and what your focus is as a company? Yeah, I'd love to. So, uh, DNA Genetics had its root back in 1995 actually is when we first got started and and so we've been in the industry a long time uh, we've grown over that time period from a company that um, you know hadn't even sold one pig in 1995 to the second largest supplier today I think a couple of very unique things about our company is that uh, we are producer owned and um, what that gives us is a, a unique perspective as a genetic supplier because um, you know, our, our, our owner is a pig producer and, um, uh, they're certainly the first to let us know if there's any issues that we need to be challenged with. So, uh, I think that brings that constant feedback that we need as a genetic supplier. So our, our focus is really on producing the best pig. And if you look at the way our company has grown, it's grown through people trying our product uh, they do their own trials and they make their own decisions based on the economics. Um, there's not a lot of hype or sexiness with that, but it's all <laughs> about uh, performance. And and I think that stems from, um, I guess, our outlook on the industry. We're here to serve the producer. And the producer wants a pig that will perform. That's right. That's right. So in the 20 plus years that DNA Genetics has been uh, producing quality stock, what have you seen evolve from the genetic side? Uh, how how different is a pig from 20 years ago uh, to today and, and the breeds you're using? I'll answer that second question first. Um, certainly the breeds have evolved. Um, on the maternal side, we're, we're still really focused on the Yorkshire and Landrace as the two dominant breeds, but we've seen a significant shift in, the, in at least the North American industry, and I think it's starting to happen worldwide. Uh, toward the Duroc as a terminal line. And I think a lot of that stems from um, the emphasis on export markets, higher quality pork. So the Duroc breed will bring that over some of the other um, uh, breeds that are out there. So we've seen that that change and, and we were in a great position to take advantage of that in our growth because uh, we have a Duroc line that not only brings that meat quality, but excels in performance. Um, I would say when I first started, of course, this dates me a little bit, but in the 90s, we were still focused on uh, producing a leaner pig. So that's when packers first began to pay for carcass quality and leanness. Uh, that's really kind of ended almost. I would say that for the most part, you know, we're being told the pigs are lean enough today. Uh, we we don't need to put increased emphasis on reducing back fat, but it's starting to shift a little bit toward uh, I would say more of the more quality oriented traits and, and also perhaps if you're running a plant yield and some of those types of things that we never looked at before. So that's been a significant change. And obviously another one is uh, sow productivity. We've, we've been very successful improving litter size. And um, even the talk I gave here at the meeting is, 
you know, we've, we've improved litter size and now we need to get more of the pigs wean that we're already producing. So how does that shift our emphasis toward the quality of the pig that's being born, its ability to survive and thrive uh, and go on to, to, to wean and what type of a sow do we need to do that with? So those are some of the big changes I've seen. Does DNA genetics, AccuGain genetics program fold into this development over the years and, and focus on the new direction for pork production? I, I think the, I guess the way I would describe AccuGain is it's a, it's a commitment of our company to our customer, the, the producer. And that program will, if you will, fold over the top of any type of trait or direction that we're going to go. So it's a commitment to having the the, the discipline to implement the genetic program, uh, measure the animals that we need to measure. And, and if I could elaborate on that a minute, there aren't a lot of secrets in the, in the genetic business. I mean, it takes large population size. Uh, there's no shortcuts to measuring the traits. Um, for instance, birth weight is a trait we've really looked hard at, and it's part of our selection program. And you have to measure that on every pig. You can't do a litter you can't do a few pigs here and a few pigs there. You have to commit to doing everything um, or every animal. And, and really, AccuGain is that spirit of doing what it takes to produce the product. And so whether it's collecting a phenotype, uh, our database system called Helix that supports that, um, having the population size that we need. So um, the larger your genetic nucleus, the more progress you can make. So we're committed to having a nucleus that's very competitively sized. Uh, all of those things wrapped together are what AccuGain is all about. It's, it's, it's that commitment. Um, we use a lot of football analogies and, um, you know, it's the blocking and tackling. So you can have a great West Coast offense, you can have a great passer and receiver, but if you can't block and tackle, you're not going to be successful. (laughs) (laughs) Well, DNA Genetics produces one of the most widely used terminal lines in the swine industry. It influences over 40% of the pork production. How does it feel for you to know that your company that you've worked with for over 20 years has this much influence on the pork industry? It's very humbling um, to think of the impact that that product has had, and it, and it continues to grow. Um, you know, we, as a team, and we're our company is really focused on teamwork and and working together for the right outcome. Um, you know, I I, I I really believe it's a reflection of of that effort to listen to our customer and produce the product that they need and. And, and really, it's proof, if you will. The, the reason it's grown, as I mentioned earlier, is because people try the product. They evaluate it on their own economics and their own system. And it, it makes them more money and makes them more sustainable. So, um, you know, it's again, it's very humbling. We want to continue to listen to our customers and make sure we're delivering what they need. But um, if I could point to the success of the product or the reason, those, those are it. Well, now you talked about the company being a, family business. I mean, owned by families. It's based in Nebraska and you've grown throughout North America. What is your goal on a global scale? How are you growing uh, beyond North America? Well, our, our, um, our commitment with growth is that, um, um, you know, we're committed, uh, our, our business is based in North America. As we've grown here, we have a commitment to our customers never to dilute their genetics or to grow beyond our means and ability to serve them. But uh, having said that, we, we do have ambitions to continue to grow. 
and uh, we've uh, started a business uh, with a partner in Spain. So we have expanded there and, and we'll certainly look at other opportunities around the world. But um, so we've, we've uh, moved into that one international market in Southern Europe and uh, that's a new business. It's about a year and a half old. So it's just getting started and we're excited to see what, what they're going to be able to do. Well, as with all industries, uh, technology has an impact and uh, that especially is true in the swan industry with the advancements in genetics. Why is it um, still a big dream to reach both a large litter size and high birth weight? You mentioned both of these uh, genetic traits earlier, and uh, some people might wonder why you can't achieve both easily. Well, so there's challenges there. Um, so litter size uh, in and of itself is, is what we call a lowly heritable trait. So in order to make genetic improvement, you need to have large nucleus herds with lots of data and you need to select those families accordingly. So it's taken us a long time. I mean, litter size selection began in earnest, if you will, in the early 90s. And it's taken us a long time to build up the genetic potential that we see today. So today we would have top producers that are capable of 17 and 18 pigs born alive on a pretty consistent basis. But uh, the talk that I gave today really addressed, uh, along with that litter size selection, comes other challenges. So as litter size goes up, on average, your pig birth weight goes down. That's highly related to survival. So today we're really in a situation with our top lines of having sows that produce enough pigs, but we, we really need to wean more of those, those pigs. We don't need more pigs. We need to wean more of what we already have. That's where birth weight comes into play. So it's really litter size to me, if I can make an analogy, is about what is the rate limiting step. And it used to be that pigs born was a rate limiting step for number wean. I'd say at least today, we've kind of, we're on to another rate limiting step, which is quality and survivability. And, and we'll focus on that as well as some characteristics of the sow, like teat count and, and um, milking ability as well. So it appears you have more research on, on these, and on these traits you're trying to reach. And, um, are there any other research objectives you have ahead? Where do you see swine production needs or challenges five years, 10 years down the road? Well, I think um, one of the areas that is, is our customer's largest economic value trait and probably largest loss is just survival and our mortality. And as genetic suppliers as a whole, uh, we haven't paid a lot of attention to that. It's, it's typically the heritabilities are nearly zero. So it's hard to find a place to make genetic improvement. So I think in the future, we'll be looking at um, uh, maybe additional traits or additional ways or phenotypes that we can use to measure uh, and find those animals that convey more robustness to our populations, better survivability. So I would look for that to be coming. Um, I would also look at the integration that's taking place between um, producers and packers. So we saw packers move into hog ownership years ago. Now we're seeing it go the other way as well. So today, um, you know, your average genetic supplier is, or, or most genetic suppliers produce a pig that'll be essentially dropped off at the plant. Um, I think that's going to change where there'll be a value proposition for genetics within the plant down the road. So uh, those are certainly areas that we need to, to be paying attention to. And then, of course, some of the other technologies that are exciting would be um, 
uh, gene editing, for example, to create animals that are resistant to various pathogens. Um, those those technologies are really in their infancy. infancy. I would look for a number of years to go by before they're used routinely. I don't want to predict how many because even today we haven't figured out what the regulatory environment is. But um, there's certainly an exciting promise with with some of that technology that that will benefit uh, the animals we work with, um, our, our customers, the producers, and, and, and society as well. It looks like DNA Genetics has a lot still to uh, look forward to in the growth of the business and the growth of the industry. So we thank you for coming and sharing with us today. Thank you very much. I appreciate the time. So this was Dr. Tom Rathji, the Chief Technical Officer at DNA Genetics. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Ag Future Podcast, presented by Alltech. For show notes and more episodes, visit alltech.com forward slash agfuture. future.